Hey guys, welcome back to the CWS 247 podcast. The bracket just came out and we have a very special guest to help us ring in the NCAA tournament field. Uh, for Barstool Sports Day, we have Ben Mintz. He's doing a fantastic job of growing the game and it's really exciting to see what he's been able to do and what he's going to be able to do. And we're looking forward to him coming to Omaha in June to really uh, bring Barstool to college baseball and hopefully grow the game even more than he already has. Here today with my partners, Reggie, Mitch, and of course, Ben Mintz. Hello, hello. Uh, very excited for this show. Uh, I like, I've been thinking about this since Ben agreed to come on and we are ready to get to talking about some college baseball. Yeah, just, thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be here too. And uh, what a day to do it. The NCAA Selection Show literally just finishing airing as we speak. So a whole, whole heck of a lot to get to. Uh, with the NCAA attorney and just excited to have it after last year, not having it too. I think everybody appreciates it more. I expect big turnouts all over the country. And uh, as y'all mentioned, I'm coming to Omaha and I've never been to college World series, so I couldn't be more excited. All right. So I guess I'll, uh, I'll start us off with the first question. Uh, ben, what are your biggest takeaway, takeaways from the bracket after seeing it released just uh, shortly before him, he started here? Well, the few things I was sweating real close. Uh, first of all, I'm from Louisiana and used to do sports radio in Louisiana and, LSU had to wait till the very end to yeah, get announced in Eugene, yes. Oregon. And so Paul Maneri, you know, retiring. And uh, I, I was worried that they were going to be like the last one, you know, the last one out when they didn't, when I didn't hear their name get called in Austin, Lubbock, Fort Worth, uh, or Ruston. I thought they'd end up, you know, because they usually do the college baseball regionals uh, regionally. And so uh, that was one of the things I was sweating the most. But they're up there in that Northwest regional with Gonzaga or Gonzaga and Oregon. So that'll be uh, super, super interesting. Uh, I'm a big Ole Miss guy. Everybody knows that. Uh, I thought the Ole Miss regional looked – it's definitely going to be a tough one getting Southern Miss and Florida State in there, but it's also going to be a really fun one. Uh, I think the atmosphere at Oxford on that one ought to just be insane. Uh, it's a hell of a lot tougher than the one Mississippi State drew in Starkville <laughs> with ECU and Campbell, that's for sure. Totally yeah. agree. Uh, also, State I want to mention these. initially, too – my bad to cut up. I, so I did sports radio in Shreveport, Louisiana for four years, and I'm close with the, the Louisiana Tech program. And the story that they went through, I mean, a tornado destroyed that community. They were playing at Rusted High School, and then they built back the, the Love Shack, a new 2,500-person stadium. And for them to be hosting the first NCAA regional in school history, I mean, I think if you have a heart, you have to support it. Uh, they've got an interesting one with NC State and Alabama. NC State's red hot. I mean, they started one at eight in the ACC and almost won the ACC tournament. They're one of the hottest teams in the country. But uh, I was just watching that really close because I just think it's such a cool story for that community. Yeah, I th yeah. like you said, uh, I think the Mississippi State Regional might be the easiest regional we've ever seen. Uh, no Power 5 teams. I, I did look in VCU has won 21 in a row. But uh, I, I think that Mississippi State can, you know, They've been struggling lately, but I think that they might might be in their super regional already. Yeah, yeah as as we were. Oh, sorry, Mincy. No, no, go ahead. Um, as we were watching it, I was really hoping that LSU wasn't going to get thrown into that Rustin regional, just because I really, I'd really like to see La Tech um, just sort of take it all in. And we know from living in Omaha that LSU fans travel and they travel well. And if LSU was going to be in that Rustin regional, I was sort of concerned that the Tigers were just kind of kind of uh going to take it over and la tech wouldn't get the full full experience just because uh i guess the big brother so to speak was coming into town so glad to glad to see la tech get their own region separate from lsu 
I think I think that's fair. And that CUSA tournament, I don't know how much of that y'all got to watch. I watched a ton of it. A ton of it, yeah. That uh, that CUSA tournament, the two Southern, the Tech Southern Miss games on Saturday. Tech was down 8-0, came back and won 11-10. Then the Saturday night one was nuts. I mean, it was tied. Tech hit a homer in the eighth. Southern Miss gets four in the ninth, and then Tech got four in the bottom of the ninth. And ultimately, those two games, I mean, the winner of those games, you know, that was for the regional. I think Southern Miss or Tech were going to get that 16th regional. And so uh, I'm just really happy they pulled it out. And then the Old Dominion championship game uh, on Sunday was phenomenal too. And Old Dominion, of course, is the number one seed in the Columbia regional. But uh, I'm really impressed by them. They got a lot of power. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure that you would have noticed this when we've tweeted about it a few times, but uh, if Southern <laughs> Miss had hosted a regional, Reggie here had agreed to shave a golden eagle in his head. So most of us were pretty disappointed to see yeah. uh, to see Louisiana Tech uh, come back that final time against Southern Miss, but it was definitely arguably the most exciting conference tournament, not just this year, but in a while. Maybe yeah. did Reggie was Reggie responsible for Southern Miss putting their shortstop in at pitcher to try to close that game because that was <laughs> the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh, no, no comment. Um, <laughs> we're not I think he was responsible for the for the second baseman dropping a pop up to to yeah. literally host a regional. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Uh, let, let's just say when La Tech hit that uh, walk off two run single, uh, I was very excited. You weren't the only one. They were fired up and rusted, man. That atmosphere looked killer. Yeah. I, yeah. Went to, I went to Old Dominion, Louisiana Tech, not during the tournament, but the week before and got to see that new stadium, too. And Old Dominion won eight to seven and a really good game. But it was like I said, I can't be happier for Ruston. And, you know, obviously not an easy draw. I mean, I think NC State might even be the favorite in that regional, to be honest, the way they closed and. Tech's pitching staff looks a little shaky, but just even just them getting those to regional is such a cool thing. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, anybody, of course, we've already talked about Mississippi State and their relatively easy draw. Does anybody have an easy or a hard path? Anybody want to chime in something that they've seen? I, I think Florida, you got another one of those draws where it seems like Florida gets the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, they're a 15 mm-hmm. seed, which I think was ridiculously low. Yeah. Uh, I think Nebraska got a very hard path as they're not a one seed, but Nebraska got absolutely, you know, hosed in the whole ordeal. Yeah, they should not agree. be should, they should not be the two seed in Fayetteville. They should probably be the two seed, maybe even in Ruston, the opposite end of things. But uh, I, I, I don't know if there are any particular draws for a, for a one seed that were extremely difficult. I think Vanderbilt is in the Super Regional already. East Carolina, maybe. I, I think that Ole Miss, Ole Miss has kind of got a tough draw out of the whole thing, though. Yeah, I, I thought the Ole Miss one was definitely tough. And on the Ole Miss front, uh, I hope Bianco, who's notorious for throwing the ace on Friday, uh, needs to, needs to hold off throwing mm-hmm. Doug McKenzie to the play, to the to, to Florida State or Southern Miss on Saturday and take his chances on Friday. I mean, just, I feel like he really has to. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in that part. Yeah, and, I guess I kind of. Oh, sorry, Mitch. Sorry, good. You go. Uh, I kind of agree with Noah and Nebraska. They, they really, really, really got a hard draw. And if the NCAA formed the regionals like, like they said they would, where the best one would match up against the worst two, and the worst two is supposedly Nebraska, there's no way Nebraska was the 32nd best team in the country there. I, I legitimately think they're a top 25 team. So um, to see them get that draw, that kind of stinks. But uh, and then, like, like we've said before, Mississippi State's regional is, is I would almost say it's a joke. Nothing, not to take away from what VCU and Samford and the season that Campbell has with their at-large, but that's, 
yeah, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. I mean, I know, Noah, you, you said this leading up to it. You said that we're the committee, either going to put out Arkansas as the one, and after that, we have no idea what the committee is going to do. And watching that selection show and some of the regionals that they were putting out and some of the, the teams that they were putting in places, it was like, well, any, any projections that we may have had are just kind of out the window at this point. So we got some right, but then there were some crazy ones. Like, I didn't think VCU was on that two line and also, like, sending Nebraska. Oh, I don't think anybody thought VCU was on the two line. Yeah, and if no. you're sending – you're sending Nebraska to Fayetteville. You're telling me that VCU might be a better team than Nebraska. I think it just goes to show that the committee really valued the RPI ranking over everything else in a year in which it wasn't the most safe bet to value teams. Um, I know you've been talking to the Michigan fans, Noah, and how they were concerned. They saw that one baseball America projection that had them out, I believe. And we all thought that was lunacy. And Michigan, Michigan did end up getting in, but they were a last five team in, according to the committee. And I, I totally agree with what Mitch said. The, the committee took RPI literally this year and teams like Nebraska and Michigan suffered because they didn't play any non-conference games thanks to the Big Ten. So they didn't get that chance to boost that RPI. And it was a lot closer than it should have been. Michigan should have been a no doubt tournament team, but they, they kind of had to sweat it out. I, I thought that, you know, when you read a Baseball America projection, you really shouldn't think too much about it. But this guy, was very, <laughs> he was very concerned that, that Michigan wasn't going to be in the tournament. And then it was just, I was waiting and waiting, and I was just very fearful of what I was going to have to tell him if if Michigan wasn't in. And I, I, I think that they were pretty safely in, but with that bubble, the way that it just kept growing, I guess, it was, I guess Michigan was probably on more in that hot seat than any of us could have thought. Yep. Another team like that was Liberty. Uh, Liberty didn't win their conference tournament and they waited until the very last second to last uh, selection to put Liberty in. And um, I mean, Liberty wasn't at large, no matter what, no matter what happened in the a sun. And obviously uh, the 13 win Jacksonville team makes the cut, but yeah. So Liberty was definitely another team that had to sweat it out a little bit. Do we uh do we want to move into the uh, questions we had for Ben about the uh, barstool office and stuff like that? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So, uh, Ben, how did <laughs> how did uh, barstool find you, and did you uh, ever aspire, or even imagine working for barstool one day? Okay, so I ne- okay barstool found me uh, off uh, off a video that went viral. I, I was working. Basically, I did sports radio in the South. I was in, I kind of alluded to Shreveport, Louisiana for four years after I, I actually was like a world – I was a professional poker player for nine years, and that was the only time I'd come to Omaha here before to play the World Series of Poker at Council Bluffs. And I had a, I had a really good poker career, and then uh, the government outlawed it, and I basically went back to school. I'll, I'll make this fairly brief. I went back to school when I was 31, finished college at Ole Miss when I was older, Got into sports radio. I did four years of a three-hour radio show in Shreveport, Louisiana, which is why I was Louisiana Tech. We used to carry their games on our station, so I'm tight with that program. And then I got let go right as COVID hit, when COVID was really hard on sports media, as I'm sure you all know. I mean, radio already, newspapers have been dying. Radio had been struggling a little bit, too. And uh, I get let go right as COVID hits. But I had a great relationship with ESPN Baton Rouge because I've done a lot of stuff with them on the side, the LSU flagship. And uh, I got hired by them last, like, late June, early July, which is the job I wanted. 
You know, you start in North Louisiana, you get the ESPN Baton Rouge, one of the best stations in the South, with the, with the Louisiana ties. And then this video on October the 3rd goes viral, me celebrating when Ole Miss uh, beat Kentucky in overtime by one in football. It's me yelling the hottie toddy at Lane Kiffin. And the video came out Saturday night. We just did – my producer just filmed me going nuts. He was my roommate. <laughs> he, thought, he just thought it would be funny to film for our social media, you know, not thinking anything like, hey, we're trying to get the bar stool or anything like that. And Saturday night goes by, and I'm just kind of like, whatever, you know, the video's doing okay. I don't think anything of it. And Sunday morning, I was driving to Natchez, Mississippi, to do – we had a Sunday morning NFL show I did with the former LSU great quarterback, Rohan Davey. And Jimmy Ott, and my phone goes off like a nuclear cannon. And it's Dave Portnoy retweeting SEC football. It's different. Me screaming at Lane Kiffin on the TV, yelling <laughs> the old Mist here. And I'm just like, whoa. And then he follows me on Twitter, and I'm just like, oh, man, what's going on? And then uh, he sends me a DM. He said, is that you? And I said, damn right that's me. He said, all right, we're ready for you to come work for us at Marshall Sports. Happened like 12 hours. Just that's like That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, what I found out as I got there, some behind the scenes stuff went on. Um, you know, because there are a lot of people that do videos. You know, that what happened was they saw the video and then they saw the ESPN Baton Rouge and the gambling background. And when you look at, you know, Penn bought by Barstool last year, Penn owns a bunch of casinos in Louisiana, Mississippi. And so I think that was brought up that I would be a good fit on that gambling front to grow us in the South. And then Big Cat had done a lot of stuff with LSU with Pardon My Take when Coach O and LSU and Burrow won the title. Mm. And he called three LSU references he knew on me, and they all went to back to me huge, and that's how I got hired. That's awesome. I do have a side question. How close are you with Lane Kiffin? Like, are you guys – Not not, not very. I've met – I've done two – I met him. I met him the Ole Miss-Auburn weekend, and then I did a video with him when I went back a few weeks ago, but – I mean, I, I've talked to him for three minutes time. I mean, he's super yeah. – but it, it is funny, you know. He interacts with me on Twitter. Though. Yeah, that's that's good. Lane Lane is a great guy. Yeah, he, just he's from a what really we've seen aloof from character, and so he loves Twitter because he doesn't have to talk to people. Mm. Yeah, Lane is a great Twitter follower. I've been following him for years. Uh, when when you when Dave Portner DM'd you, was that a thing where – was it even a thought? Like, do I go to Barstool? Like, did you have to think about it? Well, okay, when he DM'd me, I mean, look, I, honestly, to be truthful, I was thrilled to get ESPN Baton Rouge. I mean, I was thrilled about it. I, was, I had a nice house in the bar district. I was like, you know, I could be here three to five years and be perfectly happy working at that radio station. And honestly, as crazy as it sounds, that was like the job I'm building up for. And then the bar stool one just came out of the sky. And I wasn't a big stoolie, to be honest. I followed Dave and Big Cat, but I wasn't a huge stoolie, and I think that actually benefited me a lot because when I came up to Barstool, if I had been one, I'd have been a lot more nervous. I just yeah. went in there, I'm like, look, you know, I'm going to – these guys got to adjust to me, you know. I know that sounds crazy to say, but I'm just going to go in here and be myself and let it fly. And uh, so far, I think it's gone real – I think it's been great the first six or seven months, although certainly had some uh, interesting stuff with Dave the last couple of weeks, but I think it turned out <laughs> Yeah, Bayou Ben. Yeah, the Bayou Ben thing. What's interesting is he sat on the Portnoy show last week. I, I think it's hilarious how Barstool stuff, one thing can become another, but he was messing with me. But I went – he missed an email. So, 
I had a death in my family a couple weeks ago. And I emailed Dave on Tuesday, like, hey, man, I got to go home for this. I had a death in my family. And he missed that email and saw that I was in Louisiana and called me out on it. And uh, I sent the PM. I'm like, Dave, here's a copy of this email. Like, I don't know that you saw this, but, you know, but anyway, he still ended up messing with me about it. But, like, it's very fascinating with Barstool. You got to, like, figure out, you know, what's – I don't want to say what's real and what's content, but – um, I think overall, he he said he openly said on it when he was messing with me that he likes me, and he he, he made a comment on the Portnoy show that I thought was really interesting. Was uh, said, look, Ben's just not an East Coast guy. He's the kind of guy that'll get hit walking out by a cab in New York. He's like he's a Southern guy, <laughs> poor, and he's be back in the South eating jambalaya. You know, when Louisiana sports gambling goes live, I think we're going to send him back south to help building the pen. And I was just like, oh man, you know, I was pumped to see that. To be honest. Not that I don't like New York. I don't want to say that. It's still incomplete for me. I've been here six, seven months. But he's not wrong about that, you know. And I'm also uh, – this is a little funny. I, t- I actually turned 38 years old today. And, um, and, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of too old to be living in a closet with roommates. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to hear him say that about the South. And, you know, I don't really know where what, what all the future holds. But in my head, I, w- I wouldn't hate getting back there. That's for sure. I do agree. If there's like a culture shock when you move to New York city from Mm -hmm. Louisiana, like you said, like that, I don't think I could imagine that. Well, it was like, here's the way I looked at the New York thing. He gave me the option when he hired me, he said, you can either come to New York or you can stay in the South. We'll pay you more if you come to New York. We really want the content. Well, this is during the middle of COVID in October and I'm just, I'm single and I was thinking, you know, I didn't grind four years in Shreveport and Bozier and go back to school to not give this thing everything I got when I got yeah. a lifetime dream job opportunity. So I said, hell yeah, I'll go up to New York. And it's been the right decision. I mean, I'm, you know, I feel like what I've noticed in Barstool, the people that aren't in the office aren't really as much on like the inertia of everything. Like being in that office, like all the relationships I built, I mean, I'm a part of it all the day-to-day stuff now, I think I've really built up. You know, I'm not one of our A guys, Benny, stretch the imagination, but I definitely think I'm a strong part of it. And if I had stayed in the South, I would have been disconnected. However, me coming up here, building those relationships, then going back South to me is a whole different deal. Like, you know, now I'm kind of entrenched in the company. And, you know, let's be real. I I lived in New Orleans from 09 to 14. I would love – I'm a big Saints guy – big NOLA food music guy, I would love to end up getting to do all kinds of New Orleans stuff for Barstool with Mar- Marty Raw, Jazz Fest, and all the stuff that goes with that. So, you know, I mean, I, I've heard worse ideas, that's for sure. Yeah, you mentioned that uh, you're a pretty big part of the day-to-day operations. What, are de- what is a day-to-day, you know, normal flow of things look like for you at the Barstool office? Okay, well, so it's, New York's like a late – it's like a town where people come to work late but then stay late. That's kind of the culture. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't get, I mean, I go up there about 10 usually, um, which is, which is normal in that office. And I, I write ball. I'm trying to do at least one, if not two blogs a day, because the Barstool blogs, you know, the heartbeat of the company. I'm actually going to write one on conditional NCAA tournament thoughts the second I get off this. I usually try to write a blog. Then I'm part of Pick Central every day, which is 1155 Eastern uh, on the Barstool Sportsbook YouTube. Brandon Walker's the host. I'm, Whenever Walker's out, I host it uh, because of my sports radio background. So I'm kind of like the number – I don't want to say the number two. I mean, we're all equal. But it's Marty Mush and Ev and Rico. we got a good crew. I think Marty. that shows 
that show that shows a whole lot, a whole lot of fun every day. Uh, I do like a one minute like after dinner mints kind of skit video every night. Uh, as far as the rest of the day to day up there, man, I, I'm, I'm a lot of times I'm doing business calls. I still do a lot of radio stuff in the South with Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, and I go on a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of business calls and ideas. Like I was saying, like I, I've got next week. This week's one of my biggest weeks ever at Barstool. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm actually emceeing and hosting a humongous fundraiser uh, barbecue and music fest in New Orleans that raises a bunch of money uh, for families fighting brain cancer. That I'm super excited about college for the cause. Um, and then you just don't know if you're in that office. I mean, I go on lowering the bar all the time. I'm part of Stool Stream Stadium, ping pong. I do play by play in Stool Stream. You know, you, it's really you just don't even know what you're going to get into day to day. And that's kind of what's, what makes it so special. During the peak of uh, football and basketball season, I know that multiple in here, probably all three of us, love to fade Marty. Um, Marty has <laughs> some of the some of the worst picks we've ever seen historically. I don't know if he's gotten better, but he had a good uh, month this month. But oh, I don't know. Him. Maybe maybe that's an aberration. Yeah, Marty. We, we used do to love be Marty. Terrible. I love Marty. When oh, uh, when COVID first started, I don't know if that was maybe it was before COVID. But when he when he was sitting in his uh, basement with his bird, those streams were incredible. Like Marty Mush is so funny. Like I, I could honestly watch his stuff all day long. He is he is great. Now I'm a big fan as well. He's been super cool to me since the start. He's got such a unique and funny personality, and uh, he ended up at Oxford. But when when Ole Miss had that crazy comeback against LSU when they were down nine one, about to get swept a few weeks ago, uh, and ended up winning ten nine on the walk off. He was there for that. And that was uh, really his first taste of big time college baseball, and he could. He couldn't freaking believe how crazy it was. It was fun. To yeah, see college baseball fans are incredible. Like I can, I can attest. Even outside of the SEC, I've been to Louisville for a regional, and it's it's just as big of a party there. They have guys like sitting on frat house garages because the baseball field is literally inside of a neighborhood, and they're sitting on lawn chairs on top of the roofs of their garages, and they're all drinking beer, and you know, it's it's one big party, and it's. And they they legitimately they're there to party, but they legitimately know what's going on too. It, it's fascinating this like building college baseball for Barstool because obviously it's like such a cult thing, but it's such an amazing sport. But I, you know, I'm going. I mean, I'm I'm trying to talk. You know, I'm doing the best I can to cover everybody. But I, you know, you got to obviously I'm going after the teams whose fans care the most about it, the engagement. And uh, the ACC ones have kind of been, you know, they, they care, but I hadn't been – I mean, I don't know. I've been more – obviously, the SEC is super diehard. The Texas schools are super diehard. Um, I'm getting okay engagement with the ACC ones. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's been great. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of tough because outside of the SEC and, like, Texas, there's not many schools that are in college baseball where baseball is king. Kind of like you see at a, at a school like Mississippi State or Ole Miss where it's like ba- baseball is the big deal there. Yeah, my, my logic when I started the college baseball stuff was I knew that because of my ties, I mean, I have Ole Miss, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and LSU. I knew all four of those were so diehard. I could start with that as the base and then just roll from there because I knew how much all those – and I had some ties to that that Arkansas area. And, uh, you know, and I, I've obviously been following the Louisiana Tech stuff super close because I'm close to those guys. I'd say overall I consider the first couple months success with it. Uh, we're really going to see what happens with this Omaha trip. And then, you know, I reiterate uh, the, 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 line, the gamble lines are the future of it. I mean, if, it's, if the college baseball is going to work with Barstool, we got to be able to put it up in Barstool Sportsbook and make money off it, period. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely understand that. Um, LSU fans are, I, I personally love the LSU fans. Uh, even if LSU isn't in the college world series, like they come out in, in packs for, uh, those last couple weeks in June. And like I said, they, they set up in the parking lots. They're always partying, having a good time. And, uh, it's really, really cool to see, you know, a team like that, that obviously isn't in Omaha every year, like maybe Florida is, um, their, their fans are always representing and really just making the most of their opportunities. Yeah, I'd love to see one last. I know they're a three seed in a pretty tough regional out west, but they're really not that bad. Uh, Marshall's yeah. a heck of an ace. The, the freshman Trey Morgan and Dylan Cruz are both just studs. I, I know it's asking a lot, but it'd be fun to see one last run for Paul Medeiri. Uh I can't even imagine. I mean, the entire the, if Arkansas is going to bring the whole damn state with the team yeah, they got yeah. this year. And our and Fayetteville's really not too far from Omaha, to be honest. Yeah, it's like uh, six hours, five or six hours. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they're going to come in droves. But you know, like I started at the beginning, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that the more schools that have huge fan bases, the, the better uh, for this Omaha trip and content that we're going to do. Yeah, yeah the, that uh, is. Uh, that's something that the city of Omaha really would need also because the city of Omaha lost tens of millions of dollars last year from not being able to host the CWS and not having the, uh, the Olympic swim trials. So I think, I think the city of Omaha wants as many teams with as many fans as possible just to drive up the revenue that they missed out on last year. I could say, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Omaha was also supposed to host a sweet 16 and elite eight games last year in the NCAA tournament. So I think, I think the number was like $70 million is how much revenue they lost out on last year because they didn't have the swim trials, the college world series and the NCAA basketball tournament. So definitely uh, would help Omaha. If those big name schools that bring the fans were to make it. Uh, Mince, yeah. you talk about uh, growing the game. That's your hashtag. What can college baseball as a whole do to become a bigger brand? Um, well, I love, I got to tell you, even though I work for Barstool, that watching the ESPN app's been unreal. I mean, I totally agree. So, like, I mean, I remember as a kid, I grew up in Louisiana. I'd, I'd get to watch the LSU games when they were in Omaha, and that was it. And now, when I could watch you on Monroe Ole Miss on the Tuesday, I mean, I love the fact that we can watch all the games now. I think that's a phenomenal step in the right direction. Uh, I keep, I've said it three times already on this uh, this podcast, but I keep reiterating the. I know that some offshore books do have baseball lines already, but I mean. I can't really get involved with that, obviously, be a part of Barstool again. But, you know, we need regulated lines. And they don't have to be on all the midweek games. I'm not saying you have to have lines on those. But when they have those big SEC and Big 12 series, you got to have lines on those the weekend. Because where we are at college baseball, so many people are, like, diehard and will watch – you know, LSU fans will watch everything else she does. They'll watch every pitch. But if they're going to watch a Vanderbilt-Mississippi State game, they need to put money on it. You know, and I yep. think so many people are, are so into watching their team, but they'll get way more involved in all of it if they can bet on it. That's my thoughts. Yeah, I think that's a really good viewpoint. And I think, I mean, when you put money on something, you're going to care a lot more about it and it's going to make you want to watch it more. That's that. That's the way I view it. It's amazing how during college basketball season we can – we can turn on the TV to watch two teams we've never heard of because we. <laughs> yeah, we can we can watch Mercer and Samford, and we can put our mortgage on uh, Mercer plus six. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of big name SEC games on the weekend, and even outside of the SEC, like 
the ACC, for example, like Florida and Miami, people are going to tune in to watch that. And you can, you can put money on those games. It's just a matter of finding somewhere that would do it. Exactly. And so I, that, I think that's going to be a big thing uh, for the growth of it, but it's still growing already. Um, it's just, like I said, it's so big in the South and such, you know, in, in certain areas, but, you know, I think overall the response I've gotten has been great. I mean, the thing about it with college baseball, it may not be the biggest thing, but the people who love it freaking really love it. Yeah, and they're loyal. Yeah, so exactly. I get my dial, you know, and I'm sure y'all see it with those podcasts too. Like the guys you got, you may not have the most, but the guys you got interact and they're super loyal, and that's great. Yep. Even I, even when they are Mississippi State fans and they're angry at us. Yep. <laughs> I, I think one thing that would help them is college baseball is like the coaches are full of personality. And that's yes. something that, that that's something that I feel like the broadcast for TV games, they don't do a very good job of until they, I mean, the SEC tournament, they interview each coach and they talked about it. They go, we have a lot of big personalities here in the SEC alone and I know when they interviewed uh, Kevin O'Sullivan the head coach of Florida like they showed off his he, he seemed like a really funny guy just from the minute and a half long interviews he's doing with them during the games and I think that's one thing that the sport would benefit from is showing these personalities that you have and I saw another it was a tweet of Paul Maneri um I was uh, consoling a player after the after the final game of his senior season. It's like these are really cool guys that you have coaching these teams, and we need to get out there and show it off and get it to the uh, per someone who's not exposed to it and show them that we have these personalities here in the sport and they're interesting. They're here. They're fun. I think that's a great point too because you look at what college basketball has become, especially in the one and done era. The head coaches are more the stars than the players. Yep. You know, and I think that that could be something for baseball, too. And you and you also just look at the longevity a lot of these guys have in baseball, too. Uh, you, you see that a lot more, it seems like, in the sport. Definitely. It's, it's, it's going to sound like I'm picking on football, but football teams, you have 135 guys. You know, half of them never touch the field in their four years. And college baseball is a sport. You have 35 guys on a roster. Most of them are staying for their four years and – maybe recent more recently five with the COVID year of eligibility, but you know, these guys are traveling every weekend in the spring. You know, I, I covered the summit league tournament last weekend and North Dakota state spent 35 nights in a hotel on the road. You know, their, their SID explained to me that they would get back early Monday morning from whatever, from wherever they were over the weekend. And they were back out leaving Wednesday night. And these coaches are spending, you know, countless hours with their kids, not to, not to say that any other sport doesn't, but you know, you're playing three or four games in a weekend, a game or two during the week, you're spending all this time traveling, you build those relationships with these kids. And then the, the coaches, like you said, have great personalities. Baseball players are funny, like baseball player generally fun. And the coaches spend time around that. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a small family, but it's a, it's a good family. I feel like it's a demographic that makes sense for Barstool too. Just like first the funny personality stuff you're talking about. Yep, definitely. I mean, I, f- I feel like everyone has seen that video from a couple of years ago. It was the LSU pitcher who hit a home run and he told uh, Paul Maneri that Todd Peterson, Todd Peterson, that's right. And he told Paul Maneri that he hit in high school and he hit bombs. And then I, I don't know, like the pre in the, uh, after the game in the press conference, he goes, yeah, coach, I gotta be honest. 
I didn't hit in high school. I, <laughs> I only hit in BP. And that video is hilarious. And it just highlights the type of personalities we have in the game. And we just need to do more to get that out there in the middle of the season rather than at the very end when everyone's kind of – you're watching the College World Series, then you're checking out. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I also think it would be interesting – I mean, I kind of thought about doing this, but it would been complicated. Has anybody done, like, any, you know, NCAA bra- like bracket contest for the tournament? There's – it's it's so few and far between for baseball. Like there's there's I know one of our friends does a like bracket pool where you can pick a regional and then you just follow those teams throughout the tournament. But as far as like basketball goes and like bracketology and stuff like that, there's no way you can like pick yourself who's going to win unless you print it out and then write it out yourself. Just been trying to think outside the box. Uh, also, we got Barstool and Omaha T-shirts we're launching. Uh, I don't know if – they're up already in the store. I don't know if we're going to launch them later today or tomorrow. But uh, I think they're going to be – I hope they're going to do – well, actually, I think they're going to do really well. I'm excited about it. Well, I will be entering my uh, debit card information into that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Because that's the thing. It's uh, Barstool. It's interesting. I'm still learning the ropes. But, you know, it's all about sell. You know, they give you the platform, but you got to sell merch and, you know, make money. For the, like, I feel like at first, the first few months, like I thought I was doing real well at Barstool because I was crushing it on Twitter and Instagram, but it's got to be making money for the company, you know, and so I'm really trying to work on merchandise stuff. Uh, speaking of Barstool, what does is, what is the future of college baseball look like specifically at Barstool? Man, I honestly don't know. This was like a two- or three-month trial run. Uh, just seeing, and I think it's been successful. Uh, like I said, I, I'd like to really, especially as we get the sports gambling, I and mean, we, we already have it in Mississippi, but as we get it in Louisiana, Mississippi, I feel like I can really, you know, build that college baseball and sports gambling down there if we can get those lines. I think that's that's that, that I keep reiterating the same thing on this thing, but the future is all about being able to bet on it, in my opinion. So um, I want I'd like to be able to go real hard at college because. It makes sense. Like, I'm not a big pro baseball guy. I, I love, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, states like Louisiana, Mississippi, and Arkansas don't have pro baseball teams. So, LSU, State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas are pro teams. It's all everybody cares about. And I like the idea of going real hard at college baseball, you know, from right when the Final Four ends, like around early April through the College World Series every year. I mean, I'd like to spend like three months going really, really hard at it every year. Um, and that's kind of, I'll be honest, it's not a, it's not a 12-month-a-year thing, you know, and so I actually think that's kind of a positive for me because there's a lot of other stuff that, I mean, I'm super involved with football and football gambling. I've got a lot of poker content stuff I want to do as I get back into the poker world. There's just a lot of stuff I want to do up there. And so I like the idea of college baseball being like a three-month thing a year for me. It's interesting that you uh, you mentioned that it's like the pro team down there because it felt like a lot of those games in Hoover this last week were – it felt like they were professional games, especially Arkansas Ole Miss, Arkansas Vanderbilt. Every time Arkansas takes the field, it feels like you're watching a professional team. But then there are those other teams in the SEC that are almost on that level, if not all the way there. So that, that was a really interesting point that you made. Yeah, it, it just got it. I think that's the whole thing is that where there aren't the pro teams. And then University and Tennessee's, a, I mean, well, they're not asleep anymore. But, you know, they I think they're about to build a monster, too. I expect them to expand Lindsey Nelson and pay Tony Vitello whatever it takes to keep him because uh, their fans are starving too after how much they've struggled in football and they don't have a pro team either. And so I, I think Tennessee, I wouldn't be surprised to see them. You know, they're already on the way with how many fans they have to Hoover. I think they're about to be another one of those, those SEC fan bases that's super passionate. 
I just keep thinking about the uh, Tennessee Vanderbilt series and how the the folks down in Knoxville were were unbelievably like they were drawn to the game, they were into the game, they were. I know we talked about this on the podcast in earlier episodes, but they bullied Jack Leiter. And it was, it was an atmosphere that was, you know, comparable to so many others in the sec. And I think that's something that we haven't really seen in Tennessee as of recent. So um, them growing that there. And like you said, Mincy, I think uh, Tennessee is going to make a lot of strides in the coming years to uh, really, really, really buy into the baseball program. Yeah. I look forward to it too. It makes a lot of sense. That fan base. Uh, so do you have any, you, you talked about here coming to Omaha. Do you have any, any plans tournament wise before Omaha? Are you going to go to any regionals? Uh, so I, I've debated, I debate. So I'm hosting this event, Hogs and Nola Friday set, which is going to be ridiculous because I'm trying to MC a, an event that's got 5,000 people at it every day. And I'm trying to watch college baseball on like a side TV. Uh, I've got, I don't even know how I'm going to manage Friday and Saturday. <laughs> I'm like, I'm introducing all the bands. And announcing all the winners, the contest. I mean, I've got like it's a huge thing. So my, my Friday and Saturday are just going to be insane. Um, but I thought about Sunday. I'm debating. I debated running up to Oxford or Ruston to catch the end of either one of those regionals because from Nola they're both four hours away. Um, but I got to see on that super regionals. I'm going to be back here just watching all of them on the ESPN app, flipping around, tweeting. And then I'm going to come out to Omaha from the beginning. I don't know if I'm staying for Omaha the whole time or for like five or six days. I'm, I'm going to, honestly, I'm just going to get out there and see how it's going. And obviously a lot of it has to do, uh, you know, we, we like, like I reiterated, I mean, Arkansas, Ole Miss State, you know, all the schools that got the crazy fan bases doing well is good for me, my coverage in Omaha. Yeah, like, like we were saying earlier, that's one of those things we root for is you know, you like to see the underdog come. The the families like the underdogs, like you know, your mom who brings one, one her kids to one game. They're like, yeah, let's cheer on the the, the mid major team who made it to Omaha. But we like those fan bases where maybe it's going to be hard to get a ticket, but if you get in, you're going to see a maybe a sea of Arkansas red in the outfield, or maybe some patches of that that bright Tennessee orange in the stands. That's what it's really all about. But the the tournament doesn't really. I agree with what you're saying. It's like the NCAA basketball tournament's like that, too. You love seeing the mid-majors and shocking upsets early, but then you look up in the Elite Eight, and you've got Oregon State or Loyola Chicago or teams like that in there, and you're kind of like, eh. yeah. <laughs> you know, it was fun to see the upset, but, like, at the end, you want to see the big powers. Yeah. Do you have anything, anything in mind in Omaha outside of, outside of college baseball coverage? Uh, well, okay, so there's a couple of things. Uh, actually, my buddy <laughs> – I'm real good friends with the musician and Andy Frasco who's got a show on that Sunday, June 20th that uh, we're, and he, he's super fun, high energy. So I wanted to go to that show. And there's also a poker tournament at the Horseshoe Council Bluffs that I thought about playing a little bit up too while I was there. Um, and then, you know, I was just wanting to take in the city, man, see the party, see the atmosphere. Uh, we're going to do a lot of stuff at that sports book uh, at Ameristar Council Bluffs too. So, I mean, we've got a few things going on. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely fun. I mean, they shut down a handful of the streets in downtown. Even if you don't have tickets to the game, it's still fun to just go down and walk around because there's so many pop up shops. There's so many, you know, the parking lots next to the stadium are filled with tailgaters. Nothing says that you can't just walk down that row of cars and, you know, they they talk to you. You talk to them. It's it's it really, really is one big party and uh, the beer garden, obviously. We haven't got the chance to experience that yet, but now that we are of legal age, um, that that looks fun too. 
Oh, really? What's the beer garden? So there is, I mentioned the pop-up shops, like to the south of the stadium, you have all the shops that they literally have buildings there where the only time they're occupied the entire year is when these stores come in and build these little pop-ups for the college world series. And then just next to that, you have the beer garden where it's, I don't know. I don't think it's 24 hours, but it runs pretty deep into the night where you put on your wristband, you go and get your drinks and there's music. There's uh, if, if it's during a game, they have the game playing on a big screen in there. And then if there's no games going on, they have other sports on, but it's loud. It's fun. It's uh, it's definitely something that I know a lot of people that don't have tickets to the games yeah. go to, to uh, just kind of party. I, uh, I have a vivid memory of a, of a beer garden. I was probably like 15 or 16. Me and my dad were going to, I was Florida versus someone. Cause I'm a, I'm a Florida fan and I'm wearing a Florida shirt and this guy walks up to me and he's a Florida state fan. And he just go, he's, he's drunk as a skunk. And he just, he, he curses me out for being a Florida fan. And then he goes, Hey man, but you're pretty cool. And then just keeps walking. It's just like, <laughs> you just have these random interactions with people, but it's, it's cool. Omaha turns into like Oxford, Mississippi or, or Baton Rouge for like a week and a half. And it's incredible. Yeah. Ox, boy, y'all, y'all, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out how, how much I would, I mean, I would almost give a finger for an Ole Miss run to Omaha here. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I, they went in 2014 and I, I was, that was right when I went back to Ole Miss when I was 31, but I was super broke at the time. So I didn't get to go. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to be out there. And, I mean, if that happens with our fan base, I mean, that would be on fire for Barstool. For sure. I, I would love the, the content from you if Ole Miss was here. Oh, gosh, man. I'm big buddies. I've got Doug McKay, our aces, big Barstool fan, too, and all the team. They love me and stuff. And so, I've got a great relationship with the team, too. It's cool. Uh, so, it, looking at the bracket again, if you had to – you had to kind of – guess the eight teams that were playing in Omaha. Do you think you could be able to Man, I need it. So I've all I've seen the only time I saw the bracket was as it went by and I was like hyper tweeting about it. Yeah. So I need to just sit down and like take a deep breath and mm-hmm. look at it all. Uh just off the top of my head, Arkansas for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean I know that's not a rocket scientist, but like I, <laughs> I look I'm all about Louisiana Tech and I, I'm I'm glad glad to see their story. And they actually played Arkansas in the season. And Tech, Arkansas won two out of three in Ruston, but Tech could have won two out of three. But Tech kind of felt like they peaked before CUSA. And to start CUSA, I think their pitching staff just doesn't have enough juice. I wouldn't be surprised if NC State won that regional, to be honest. Um, and so I think Arkansas, uh, you got to like Texas. Texas, Florida would be an interesting uh, super regional. You know, Florida, like you said, seems like a really strong 15. They played, especially because they kind of started a little slower this year, but peaked and, and have been stronger. Uh, down the stretch. Tennessee's the three. Who was the 14 matched up with Tennessee? Was it East Carolina? 14 is uh, Georgia. Or not Georgia, Oregon. I don't know why. Oregon, okay. So that'll be <laughs> so that Oregon, Gonzaga, or LSU would go to Knoxville, uh, which would be interesting. Uh, I mean, you got to think Tennessee would be the favorite there. Oregon's pretty damn good, though. They kind of – I yeah. thought they were going to be a na- you know, national seed, and they kind of faded at the end. Um, and Arizona really stepped up down the stretch. So, got to give Tennessee a good shot. The Vandy thing, I mean, just the fact that you've got Rocker and Lighter and Super, I mean, you got to like them to make it back to Omaha, just having that. I mean, that I feel like – so, I mean, I know that's pretty generic to say, hey, the top four teams are probably going to make it. But, you know, I know that's kind of 
I thought it was interesting. TCU jumped all the way back to six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought uh, – because the TCU lost three series in a row to UL Monroe, K-State, Texas, but then they bounced back and won that Big 12 tourney. Uh, I thought that was really, really interesting. And, you know, Texas Tech hosting another, you know, five, fifth year in a row. They're hosting the regional there in eight. The I don't know. I, I need to go back to it. The Arizona thing, I, all I've seen is that I know that Jacob Berry hit – freshman hits like a maniac he had like 64 RBIs all all I kept seeing highlights of them all year I don't necessarily know the most about their team as far as Ole Miss if they can get through their regional and match it up with them but you know I almost feel like maybe it's better that Ole Miss is on the road because it seems like they put too much pressure on themselves in those regionals in Oxford as crazy as that sounds well, Mincy, we, we really, really appreciate you coming on. I know I had a blast. I, I don't want to speak for Noah and Mitch, but uh, this was this was really, really fun. We are really looking forward to uh, you being in Omaha for the first time for the College World Series. And we, I think us three can can genuinely agree upon that you are going to have a blast in Omaha. Omaha oh, is I, very I look fun. forward to re- talking to you all before it, just to learn everything I need to know about the town. I'm glad to have some boots on the ground there. Steering me the right direction. I know that it's going to be a party at Ameristar Council Bluffs in that sports book. And uh, check out on the bar. I, the, I believe the shirts are live right now. We got Bar School One Omaha shirts. So check them out. Uh, I'll be doing videos and promoting all that very sooner than later. That much I can assure you. That that sounds awesome. We would we would love to help you out. You can ask us anything you'd like about the city. And like we said, we've all lived here before. So. Um, looking forward to you and your guys being here and uh, just looking forward to the college world series as a whole. Awesome. Well, thank y'all for having me on the, the podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Barstool Mincy and uh, lots of college baseball content coming this next four weeks. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Mincy. Yep, thank thanks y'all. for coming on. Oh man. Thank y'all. I enjoyed it.